Tonight, on the fly, goes back in time to 1985 as we talk about the debut of Sammy Hagar with Van Halen and the album 5150. Joining me on this episode will be my special guest who's been here several times before and the current host of his own podcast, Well Disguised, Mr. John Pritchard. We talk about each track on the album. We talk about what led up to David Lee Roth going out on his own and Sammy Hagar joining the band. Please enjoy. Hope you guys enjoy the, this episode. We had a lot of fun doing this. And get ready for 5150. Hi guys, tonight on the fly, we're going to do something tonight I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, it's going to be like an album review. Uh, I've been wanting to, you know, I've actually got a lot of these album reviews done in advance, but this one right here, I actually got a little inspiration from a from a good friend of mine, a guy that's been a, uh, a guest on the show several times. We've done Top Ten Kids, so I think we've done a little bit of everything, uh, as far as that goes, and he's a Kiss fan, he's a he's a rock fan, and he's a music fan. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit tonight about an album that was really at a time for if you were a Van Halen fan, there was a lot of uncertainty in the air. You know, it's, it's David Lee Ross out, Sammy Hagar, who was a proven lead singer, been with Montrose, been on his own, and done really well as a solo artist. He's coming into the fold now, and what was Van Halen going to be like without David Lee Roth? Is it, I mean, some people actually thought Van Halen couldn't go on without David Lee Roth. Well, you know, 5150 is the album we're going to talk about, about tonight. It's the debut album with Sammy Hagar. Some people call it the first Van Hagar album. It's Van Halen. I'm not one of those guys that prefers Roth or Hagar more. You know, I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying, I like good Van Halen music, and there's some on both sides of the fence. But the guy I've got with me tonight, which, like I said, he's been—he was kind of the inspiration for me to do the 5150 episode. Uh, and he's gone out on his own now, and he's doing his own podcast. And man, he's done four episodes, four great episodes. The podcast is called Well Disguised. And man, if you if you want to hear some good talking, this guy—I mean. I talk, but this guy talks. I'm telling you, this guy talks. Well, this guy's, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find your podcast at. With me tonight, again, is Mr. John Pritchard. Welcome to the back to the show, Mr. Pritchard. How are you tonight? Thank Good, Stevie. Thanks for having me back. It's always fun to come chop it up with you. Yeah, you know, the thing, I, me and John, when we talk, and we try to get Lynn back on the show, Lynn Bryant back on the show, but he said, no, you guys know a lot more about music than, than I do. I, and, and it's like, I like <laughs> I like John's response to that. I totally am what your response was. It's not like we're, we're dissecting chamber music or anything like that. We're talking about rock music. 
So, I mean, that's right. I, I think Liam was just, Liam just didn't want to talk about 5150. But tonight we're going to talk about 5150 Van Halen, the, the debut of Sammy Hagar. First of all, well disguised. How is well disguised going? Well, we're setting the podcast world on fire, Stevie. <laughs> um, well, maybe not exactly. I don't know if we're going to be on the new and recommended or whatever the list is on Apple Podcasts. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, you were part of my inspiration. And, um, uh, of course, COVID, COVID-19 and being at home. That had a lot to do with it, too. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so uh, Well Disguised is um, my show where I, at least at this point, I, I may expand uh, in terms of maybe wanting to do some interviews and some other things, but just some of the ideas I've had. It's basically classic rock, and even though I haven't really done metal yet, maybe some classic metal, too, some some thoughts I've had and that sort of thing. And Anyway, I'm having fun doing it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the thing I like about doing the show me and John, we do have, I won't say we know a we're like the the gods of of rock and roll knowledge like a eddie trunk or anything like that but we do know a lot about music and a lot of times we have different different opinions and that's good i like that i like debating the stuff and, and uh you know but if you haven't listened to well disguise check it out uh, i know he's done an episode on zeppelin that made me and i've said this several times you made me want to slap robert plant I mean, that, when you were, to, <laughs> I I, he, I wanted to really knock the crap out of him for some of the, you know, be grateful for 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 the success you. I don't I understand some some of the stuff, but you know, be grateful for the success yeah. you have, because uh, you know you're such an iconic rock god. You know, I mean, like Led Zeppelin was, and uh, you've done a Led Zeppelin, you did a Coverdale and Page episode, I think you did a Cult yeah. episode, and then there was a Van Halen and Aerosmith episode. So talking, yeah. Uh, so it's been. I'm, all, uh, I'm sorry. We're going to get into uh, the person I believe most deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, and my fifth episode will oh. be out next week. Well, you're talking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's opened up a big can of worms with me. Uh, that's that's sure. Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is you know sometimes I think it's more of a joke than anything with the way they you know some of the people they put in before that before some of the artists that really deserve to go in. I mean, it, it's crazy, but you know, that's the way it is. And uh, Yeah. Anyway, main topic tonight, 5150. Now, if you were, I guess, my age or John's age, uh, we're pretty close in age, back in the, the early 80s, Van Halen was on a roll. I mean, it, these guys came out. Debut album, one of the best debut albums ever. Uh, did a couple of more great albums, but then he really hit hit it with 1984. I mean, they were all over MTV, they were all over the radio. I mean, Jump, uh, Panama, I'll Wait, just a great album, 1984. And you know, they had the they had a little bit of everything. You had the the guitar god and Eddie Van Halen. You had the flamboyant lead singer and David Lee Roth, and things just looked like it was. Everything was just so promising for Van Halen. After 1984, it was like, how do you follow up to 1984? But, you know, my first introduction to them was probably, uh, like I said, on the radio. Jump came out, and, you know, of course, 
blazed up the charts, and, and it was on every week on Casey Kasem's Top 40. That's what I listen to every week with your, your little jam box and your blank tape. People don't realize what I'm talking about right now. You, you said there you said there would record on pause, and just, if there was a good song on, you hit the pause, and you could go back and listen. That's the only way we had music back then, really. Uh, but then I went backwards from 1984 to, like, Diver Down, uh, Women and Children First, and then, uh, you know, the self-title album. I remember the first song I heard off that was Jamie's Crying, and I was like, wow. this!" <laughs> and it, it just, you didn't think, you know, you thought the sky was a limit for Van Halen after that. What was your first introduction into Van Halen? I'm pretty confident it's it's probably similar. I think you and I, another thing you and I have in common, um, you didn't grow up with MTV, right? No, I did not. Yeah, see, I didn't either. I, 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 I no one would call me a farm boy, but I did grow up kind of in the country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next to a farm, and um, my parents would definitely not put a satellite dish in the yard. Uh, that was that was tacky. <laughs> uh, no matter how bad I wanted one. So yeah, I kind of yeah, I, I I miss a lot of that too. Um, so I, but I mean, nineteen eighty or excuse me, well, nineteen eighty four, yeah. The jump was everywhere. Yeah, the jump it was. was. It was such a big song, and you know the Pointer Sisters had a hit song also called Jump, if you remember. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like some sometimes we you'd hear those back to back and and. and on radio state top 40 stations that sort of thing but definitely jump was it had to have been first now then for me though i'm a i'm a little different that i didn't kind of get into music until really the late 80s so in terms of not only when 5150 came out but also even the glory days of of the david lee roth era right I kind of missed that. I, I was, it would have just been really on my periphery. So, you know, 5150, I'm kind of coming at from a, from a little bit later stage as opposed to so-called being there when it was released. Yeah, and it, it was just, I remember, okay, of course, you didn't have the Internet back then, of course. You didn't get all right. the, the news before it happened like you do on the Internet these days. So, uh David Lee Roth decides after 1984, shortly after 1984, he's going to do a four-song EP with nothing but covers. Uh, the big song off that, he did a Beach Boys, California Girls. And, you know, people are like, okay, you know, he's doing he's doing an EP. I didn't really think much of it. But then you start reading in the magazines, and you start hearing words coming out. There's Van Halen Camp, turmoil in the Van Halen Camp. And then sure enough, after a while, you get the announcement, David Lee Roth has left Van Halen to pursue a film career. And I was like, what is going on? So he goes, he's going to do a a film career, and and he's going to do a film for the EP uh, called Crazy from the Heat. And, you know, he ends up having a conversation with Eddie Van Halen, wants Eddie Van Halen to score the film. And Eddie Van Halen turns him down. They end up having a few words and said, you know, I can't work with you guys anymore. And I think in July of that year, July 4th, 
Rolling Stone had actually reported Van Halen's on permanent hold, and Eddie Van Halen is rumored to be looking for a new lead singer. Now, two of the names that kept coming up when they were looking for a lead singer, one was Eric Martin, who, if you don't know, is the lead singer for Mr. Big. Great singer. He probably would have been a good fit with Van Halen. And another one that's kind of surprising to me, can you imagine Van Halen with a female singer? Patty Smythe. No. She wow. was another name that. That, that kept kept coming up. and uh, But fate stepped in. Uh, the story that you hear from several, and, you know, with all the disagreements they've had in, in the, the last decade or so, they both have the same story, story that uh, Eddie Van Halen getting his car worked on, and the mechanic suggested that he talked to Sammy Hagar. He was a mechanic for Sammy Hagar as well. And the rest is history. They got to talking. Next thing you know, uh, Farm Aid, Sammy Hagar shows up with Eddie Van Halen, and, and the rest is, is history. You, you're, you're looking at the new Van Halen. And one of the things that people, people were talking about back then, how will Van Halen go on? With, Van Halen won't be anything without David Lee Roth. That David Lee Roth was Van Halen. And, you know, I was one of them that was like, you know, this is, this is probably not going to be good for them. And, uh, of course, some of the things that came out was that the Warner Brothers record actually wanted, since David Lee Roth was out, they wanted a whole new, uh, whole new logo, whole new everything for them, whole new name change. They wanted to change the band, actually, and this is like a joke later on down the line, but Warner Brothers records really wanted them to change the name to Van Hagar. Yeah. And, which I think is ridiculous. And now looking back at it, I really think it's ridiculous. But uh took them three months to do. They completed in February 86 on 5150, one month before its release. And if you look at 5150, people wonder what that meant. That's the name of Eddie Van Halen's studio, uh, 5150 Studios. It's also, it's got a, a criminal terminology too, but we won't get into that. But, uh I gotta ask you this, and you said you were a little bit late to it, but looking back at it now, this would this was Van Halen's. Believe it or not, I couldn't believe it when I saw this because I didn't know this. This was Van Halen's first number one album, 1984. With that, as great as the album was, did not get to number one. Probably they can thank Michael Jackson Thriller because of that, because that was out at the same time. Hard to not Michael Jackson Thriller off at that time, but. First ever number one album on Billboard for Van Halen and first for Sammy Hagar. Now, hearing the things that you heard, seeing the background on it, do you think a lot of that had to do with just curiosity, wanting to hear what the new Van Halen sounded like? For guys like, you know, we didn't have MTV. Uh, we couldn't see the video up there when it came out. Of course, the first, first single was Why Can't This Be Love, but... Uh, we didn't have that ability. Do you think a lot of people bought this just because curiosity, just to hear what the new Van Halen sounded like? Well, I'm I, I'm certain that has to be part of it, and I'm I'm like you. I, 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 that's maybe something I should research. I would like to know what in the world kept 1984 from the top of the charts 
Thriller is almost certainly the yeah. Thriller the is it. Choice I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I mean, but you know, it was um, it's obviously such a different air altogether. Where first of all, that a rock album like Fifty One Fifty could be the number one album in the country. Um, that seems almost impossible to imagine today. Um, also, you know, these weren't young guys anymore either no. at that oh. point. But that didn't seem to matter as much in the 80s. Um, sometimes I, when I'm watching, you know, YouTube or we're watching one of those uh, special channels on Roku that has music videos, we're always, uh, my wife and I are always kind of joke about how you could kind of be old and be a pop star back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, you know, Sammy Hager wasn't fresh. Uh, you know, neither was Phil Collins. Um, you know, this is Van Halen's seventh album. So um, it, it's interesting that it was able to do what it, it, what it was able to do. And, you know, maybe this will get into when we talk about it, though. Not only is there that curiosity factor that you're talking about, I think with Sammy, the band got a little broader. Yeah. Um, and you can perhaps say that's my code word for here comes a bunch of ballads. <laughs> but, um, prom, prom time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's, there's at least three of them on this record. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't really what David Lee Roth did, but everybody in who's followed, you know, rock music for any length of time knows if you want to go big, you need the prom song. Yep. Um, and this one's got a bunch of them, which again was not was not Dave's cup of tea. Yeah. So I think that is a big factor too. I can't. I really can't see David Lee Roth singing a, a ballad. I mean, it just the voice doesn't. And I'm sure he probably has maybe somewhere down the line, but. He's always been the one to do the party songs. I mean, that, that was just the upbeat songs. and uh, This was definitely a big, big change for Van Halen. And yeah, uh, I think I'm looking up now. Van uh, 84 peaked at number two. That was his okay. high. And I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of albums that peaked at number two in 84 behind Thriller. But uh, yeah, they... they they start out at number one. First thing was "Why Can't This Be Love." Longtime Van Halen producer Ted Templeman does not work on on Fifty One Fifty. He leaves, and kind of like kind of like he was picking sides, I guess, because he decided to uh, go and work with David Lee Roth on which it was a great. It, it could have been a great Van Halen album with it, David Lee Roth. Eat 'em and smile. Uh, Yankee yeah. Rose. Yankee Rose. I've heard of uh, a, a guy I've interviewed, uh, Mitch Lafon, who is a great writer. Great. It does a great podcast. He said it's the best Van Halen song they never did. It was Yankee Rose. But uh, yeah, you know Ted Templeman leaves. In steps uh, Don Landy, uh, and I also. Mick Jones from Foreigner is one of the producers that comes in, and he just talks about how things were so chaotic behind the scenes because they were getting too much freedom, and they had to kind of reel them back in and get get things going. But you think about it, three months is not a long time to do an album. 
you know, especially with the with the new guy like that, three months was not long. And so they they pretty much went right through it. So we're gonna go right through track by track, talk a little bit about each one and what we think are our favorites and and what's not our favorites and uh maybe you'll agree maybe you won't you probably won't we'll probably disagree on a lot of these because uh you know with the whole prom thing uh but like the lead off lead off good enough and you know when you hear sammy hagar start off with you know that big hello baby then good yeah. enough is a rocker i mean they start off and you, if you noticed with a lot of the the albums the rock albums that came out back in the 80s, especially in the later part of the 80s, they always had a pattern. It was always like the lead-off lead off song was a rocker, was an upbeat song. Then you got into maybe a, a, a slower song or a ballad, a couple more rockers, and another ballad. You had at least at least one ballad on every one. But it was always a rocker let off, and then you went to your ballad. I, was, I could always, if I went and bought a cassette, if I didn't listen to it on the way home, I could always look and, and look. I could say, okay, that's... I would, could look at the titles pretty much and say, ballad, upbeat, 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 ballad. I mean, it was always that kind of formula for uh, a successful one. But get up, or get up, good enough, excuse me, is the lead off. And, you know, not one of my favorites, you know, but good enough was a uh, little tidbit here. You, If you ever watch the... Great, great Mel Brooks movie Spaceballs. You'll hear uh, "Good Enough" played in the in the movie Spaceballs. I don't know if they ever had a soundtrack, but Spaceballs had "Good Enough." Um, what was your thoughts on "Good Enough"? I, I've watched Spaceballs many times, and I've never, well, you have to for whatever listen, reason, I've never registered to be. Um, so, in "Good Enough," is it's perhaps well named. It's fine. Um, there's a part in it, though, where Sammy Hager does, does something that seems uncharacteristic to me, and it's it's kind of in the breakdown session session where he kind of just starts talking. Yeah. And he has that lyric. He's like, hey, waitress, you got any specials here tonight? A rack the, of... Uh, <laughs> rack of what? You know? Yeah. Um, and to me, that is such a David Lee Roth moment. You know, like yeah. when you think of like everybody, yeah, sure everybody is. wants some. Where he talks about the, you know, the heels and the lines running up your stockings and stuff like that. And you know, have you have you seen Junior's grades from, you know, hockey <laughs> teacher and stuff like that? Yeah, like that thing where there's no singing. And all of a sudden, it's just kind of dialogue. It's such a David Lee Roth thing, and I don't. I mean, forgive me, but I think Sammy comes across kind of nerdy. <laughs> like, what, what does that mean, rack of what? I mean, is that like a, 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 a you know, a boob joke? Or yeah, is that a I think that's where they're going. Rack of lamb, rack of real. But it's really cheesy, right? And yeah. it's, um, I think that's a real, that's, that's the thing that stands out to me about good enough. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, that just does not sound like Sammy. That's like a no. David Lee Roth moment. And they went for it in the very first song, and I think that's a really interesting choice. But, you know, Good Enough was not one of my favorites off the album. Uh, I gave a lot, you know, if I had to do like five stars, it would probably be a two and a half, something like that. But I, I was yeah. not a big fan of that one. Uh, 
Now, number two, the number two, Why Can't This Be Love, which was the first single. Now, the opening bass line, I mean, which, which that's one of those distinctive intros, Michael Anthony's, and I'm sure me and you are going to disagree on Michael Anthony here, but Michael Anthony's bass, yeah. bass playing, that that opening of it, and then hitting into the, the guitar, man, I was like, this is going to be a great song, and this is one of those probably that you were, could you really consider this? This is not considered as much of a ballad as the the other two on here. Would you think so? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's more a of an upbeat. Song. It's a big song. Yeah, yeah, it, but it's, it's it's. I mean, whether it's technically a ballad, maybe a maybe a fair point. Yeah, but I mean, um, it's not one of those prime songs. But listen to it in 2020. It's so emblematic <laughs> of the 80s. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. That's what I love it, about it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's got that synthesizer all over it. And look, Van Halen did, obviously, synthesizers all over the place. Yeah. On 1984 with David Lee Roth. But it seems different if you're doing it for Jump than you're doing it for this. Yeah, but you know, um, I, think, I think the thing was with... You know, you you hear a little bit more of it in this, and on this album, it simply and you know, David Lee Roth. I don't ever remember seeing him uh, play the guitar. I'm I'm not sure if he can even play it. But Sammy Hagar yeah. is a pretty pretty good guitar player. So Eddie Van Halen got to actually use the synthesizer more since he had a guitar player there. So I'm sure he he dabbled a little bit more on. Uh, on this one, and I can remember when '84 came out, and people were talking about, you know, what is Eddie Van Halen doing playing, playing uh, keyboards? Why is he playing keyboards? And this is, and there was actually some talk at first until it hit so big. You know, they're going in the wrong direction here. This is not the direction Van Halen was with, with, with keyboards, and uh, yeah, they were they were definitely wrong about that. But uh, of course, why can't this be love? It's one of my favorites on the album course i know you're gonna say yeah of course uh you know if i gave it like five i'll give it like a four and a half out of a five but just a good lead off single for them to be the first single uh it went went up the charts. i think it went up to number three uh on, on the charts and uh you know like you said it's a great 80s song because it is symbolic of the 80s definitely but and it hit you're going to see more like you said you'll see more over the years with Sammy Hagar, more of the ballads with Van Halen than you, good Lord, I don't even know, remember a ballad on any of the Ross Van Halen albums. I mean, I'll Wait is sort of close. sounds yeah, like a ballad, close. but even that is more, it doesn't sound like model it. David Lee Ross, <laughs> you know, in a magazine. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not exactly a song to play on a date, I think. No. no. Um, one thing, I, one thing I did write about why I can't just be love. Sammy Hager has a lyric in here. Only time will tell if we stand the test of time. <laughs> That's deep, man. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> really deep. Really deep. Yeah. But, yeah. You yeah, know. you can't, can't beat that. <laughs> Get Up is number three. And, and for me... For me, Get Up is kind of filler, like, good enough. I don't know how you felt about that. Uh, just not one of my one of my favorites there. I gave it like a two out of a five. 
even with Lawrence is good enough. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about it very much. I, I do. Again, it's got some really eighty sounding drums to me, and I. Again, whenever I say stuff like that, I'm not meaning it as a compliment, but um, but it does have a little metal tempo. I like, you know, I appreciate that speed. That's more what I like about uh, about music and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's um, you know, I, I I don't think I ever need to hear that song live or anything like that. Uh, and I don't think they ever did it live, if that I can remember. All right, next up. Sammy Hagar's favorite Van Halen song. I don't know if you know that or not. Dreams. Uh, I don't know what you thought about this one. Kind of a, kind of a ballad again. You know, it's it's. it's I would say this was more of the ballad kind than than why can't this be love? But still, it's you know the guitar solos are great. I I love the guitar solo on here. Eddie does a great job on here. Uh, I gave it like a, a four. I, I didn't like it quite as much as Why Can't This Be Love, but but the video, kind of fun. It was kind of weird at the first watching the video. I don't know if you've ever seen it with the, what is it, the Blue Angels doing their... I, oh, I have. I've forgotten it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was kind of wondering about that myself. I, I've got to get the background on why they did that uh, video like that. But Dreams, I gave it like a four out of a five, but... Uh, not as quite as good as Why Can't This Be Love, but, but a great Van Halen song. What you think? I can't wait to hear this. <clears throat> Look, it, Dreams is covered up again with the with the synthesizer, keyboards, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, for the, for for that for that real fake sound that is, I think, <laughs> meant to. <laughs> Dreams is a fine song. It really is. It's. Uh, I think it's. It, it, it's. It's well written and it's. And it's big in a way that is not necessarily a bad thing, but I just. Again, I come all of this a little after the fact. So I mean, when when the debut came out, I was two or three years old, right? Right. So it's not like I have any personal memory of that, yeah. but I feel like it would be a little disconcerting to be a a Van Halen fan who was turned on by Running With The Devil, which is probably the best debut, you know, yeah. track one track one of, it's a possible exception, well, actually, I will say the probable exception, of Welcome to the Jungle, uh, off Appetite for Destruction. But other than that, it's hard to imagine a, a, a stronger first step than Running With The Devil, which was, of course, followed by, you know, just the... Explosion masterpiece that's that is uh um oh what am I trying to think of Ex- uh not explosion eruption oh I can't believe it eruption I'm yeah. sorry yeah thank you <laughs> I'm I'm blanking on it when I said when I use the word explosion so you have these back to back songs and now a few years later you've got four tracks you've had why can't this be love and now you've had dreams it just I, I, even Ice Cream Man, you know, back back, back from Van Halen. This, <laughs> this, this, the fact that these two songs are in the top four or in the first four from this album just shows that there is a distinct change of position and direction, and we are going for Billboard success at this point and soccer moms, if there were even worse soccer moms back in 1986. 
like like we're changing scope and I'm not, again I'm not saying it's a bad song it's not right, a bad song right. I like Dreams just fine but uh, I, it also sort of makes me sad and I, I guess in a way well it's a different era and I think they were you know maybe I don't know this for sure maybe they were trying to go in a different direction than what they had with Roth maybe they were trying to really distinguish itself for, you know but you know, I would think too if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. But, you know, you're going away from David Lee Roth, one of the most flamboyant lead singers in, in rock, and a, just a whole different – you're going a whole different direction here. Uh, yeah. Interesting, I'm looking, I looked it up while you were talking. Three music videos were made for the song. You know, we've talked about the Blue Angels doing that. Okay. And then the other two were, were actually – they did a video in March 1993 – it was a live performance at the Whiskey of Go-Go. Celebrate the band's return to the to the venue after 15 years. And they were promoting the live right here, right now release. And, you know, it, it was just showing some of it had fans lining up. And you had the broadcasters, newscasters talking about it during the, the, inter, during the video. So, yeah, uh, I'm not too... I still don't understand why you would do that at a song back then. And not even... The band never appears in this video at all, uh, to my knowledge, with the Blue Angels. So, and interestingly enough, we talk about the synthesizers when they played this live. Van, Eddie Van Halen played the keyboards and then switched to the guitar during the during the solo, and then Hagar played all the other parts during while he was playing the keyboards. So, that was, that's kind of interesting there. <clears throat> So number yeah. the number five song up here, Summer Nights. Summer Nights is not a bad song. It's it's like I said, it's definitely not a Van Halen Raw song. Uh, I do like this definitely song. Uh, I gave it like a three and a half. I did like this song, but it, you know, it's it's like they're trying to just like you said, the first three singles that came off this album. Or legitimately could be legitimately as ballads. Why can't this be love? Came first. Dreams. Love walks in, and you kind of get in the sense from this album that you know Van Halen's not going to that rock, like you said. They're not doing that rock like uh, Running with the Devil or Jamie's Crying or Eruption or you know even like on Diver Down uh, with. Uh, the remake of Pretty Woman, they pretty much turned that into a, a big-time rock song. Uh, stuff like that, but it's, t it's really showing you halfway through, this is a different Van Halen than what you're used to. Uh, but Summer Nights, yeah. I gave it like a three and a half. It, it's, it's okay, but it, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah, see, I think we have a mild disagreement here. Summer Nights is probably my second favorite on the album. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's to me, it's... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to get too too deep into it. Maybe, but I, I feel like I am kind of a by the book classic rock fan for right. the most part. Um, but I am really, I think, contrarian about Van Halen. Um, you know, we talked on past episodes. I don't love Michael uh, Michael Anthony's voice. I, yeah, I, I could do without it. Almost. And I but definitely disagree thing. with you on that. I mean, me. This is one of the things sure. we disagree on. I think he's got one of the best harmony voices out there. But like I said before, this is why I like doing the show with him because you know 
We don't. We're not these cookie cutter agreeing with each other on everything stuff. So we we do disagree on stuff, but that's one of the things we disagree on. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Michael Anthony definitely has one of the best high pitched whining voices in rock. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but another thing that I'm kind of not a I mean a bit of a contrarian about Van Halen is I recognize the genius that is Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, and I, okay. even though I am not a guitar player, I understand that he is one of, if not the most influential guitar player in history, and what. What he was doing in the heart of punk and, you know, the finger tapping and all that that launched so many of the, the guitar players that would come after how, come afterwards, how important he is. It's still not really me. It's not really my thing, Eddie Van Halen. Um, it's, sometimes it's just still a bit too much. But on summer nights, it, this song just really swings, man. It, and it's, He's, he, 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 yeah, there's some flashy elements, but there's a little more blues to it. Um, lyrically, it is an interesting song. Like you said, this is not a, a rock song. No. Um, it's almost impossible to imagine. I mean, it's almost a country song, at least in lyrics in a way. Yeah, um, it does. Like Hager's, Hager's, yeah, he's talking about the hoping the girls are biting good tonight in a, uh, at the, you know, with a fishing pole. It's kind of like a, a fishing analogy, which is the kind of thing you might hear in a country song. Um, he says the freezing snow is, you know, getting really old, and it's going, you know, for Daily Ross, <laughs> summer is the same as winter, man. It's it's Southern California. It's 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 Malibu. It's it's the Sunset Strip. He would never even, I don't think, to write this song that sounds like it could be talking about a, you know, a barbecue in the in the heartlands. Uh, on a tractor or whatever. Um, so this is very much not the type of thing, the area from which Ross came from, but I really do like this song. It's Like I said, it's probably my second yeah. favorite. Yeah, number six is one of my, this is, you know, I have like two of my favorites, and then this is, this is right on the outside looking in. Best of both worlds. Uh, this is really a rocker. I remember hearing it the first time I heard it on uh, on the radio. Well, when I bought, I actually went out. This was usually back then. You know, I didn't have. I had a, a little bit of an allowance from cutting grass, but if it wasn't a Kiss cassette or anything like that, most of the time I didn't go the day it came out to buy it. But this one, I went out and bought. Best of both worlds. When I flipped the tape over, yeah, we had to flip tapes over. I flip the tape over and and hear that start and the intro to it. I was like, wow. Now this is more like I won't say it's like a Roth, more Roth like, but more Van Halen like. Uh, the the guitars. Uh, I was yeah. I was a big fan of Best of Both Worlds. This is absolutely my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Um. It, I mean. It's it, it has a killer riff to start with, then it goes quiet, and it does some of that light and shade throughout the rest of it. Um, yeah, it is. There's a little bit of a Daily Roth mindset to the to the lyrics, I think, but it's but it obviously is a Sammy song. I think the lyrics are kind of clever, almost spiritual in a way about you know uh, seizing the moment and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, the, it's a little slower, but it's good. Again, for me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You can kind of hum the solo that Eddie plays. I, to me, this is by far, uh, well, I don't know if it's by far. I, I mean, it's clearly number one for me, though. It's definitely the my favorite track. Yeah. it's It's got to be probably, I would say, let me see, one, two... I say it's like the fourth, number four for me. You're going to be surprised at my, yeah. what one of my top. Why can't this be love is tied with another one for my number one? I think you'll be surprised. But uh, yeah, if it if it's any of the next three, I'm going to be surprised. No, that, that really number seven, love walks in. Now that that now that is really the ballad on this on this uh, album right here. I mean, this is so. Un Van Halen like, but uh, gets the number four on Main Street Rock and got the number twenty two on Billboard Hot One Hundred. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much. I mean, what can you say? It's a ballad from the eighties. Uh, I, I was looking at Sammy Hagar. I was talking about. It. He said the first time Eddie played me that song late one night, I got goosebumps. It was so beautiful. I wrote the lyrics on the spot and I sang it live with a handheld mic. If you listen closely, it ain't the best vocal sound in the world, but the performance is slamming. But, you know, it's not one of my favorite songs on the album. It's a, it's okay. Uh, but, you know, I gave it like a maybe a three and a half or four for this one. But, it's it's a ballad from the 80s. I'll put it that way. And, yeah. and it does okay, I, but it's just not one of my favorites on this album. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to say about. It. I mean, it's it's another dated song with lots of synthesizers, and um, it's just it's just hard to imagine Van Halen having another one of these songs. I mean, it's 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 just the band has completely changed at this point. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it gradually. But, but that's through, okay. Yeah, gradually through this whole whole album you see it it's like they're they're telling us they're trying to it's like break breaking up with a girl you're you're trying to ease them in and tell them you know okay this is what's going to happen uh and, and they're trying to ease you in but by the time that got there you're like okay this is definitely definitely a different van halen uh yeah but yeah love walks in is okay it's not one of my favorite even in even by ballads it's okay but this is just not one of my favorite. Now, number eight. And this is where you're going to be. 5150 is one of my favorite songs on this album. Uh, it just the the sound, the guitar sound is great. Uh, Sammy's Sammy's singing is great. It, it's just you know I like the 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 way the song goes, the lyrics of the song. Uh, but I was surprised that this never came out as a single. I always liked it. It was upbeat. It wasn't like the ballad kind that some of the other ones were. But 5150 was definitely right up that and Why Can't This Be Love were definitely my two favorite songs on this album. Uh, 5150 is okay. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think this is maybe about a greedy woman. Maybe. Yeah, it is. Exactly I mean, what that's it is. what it's about. Yeah, I mean, meet you halfway, um, and you don't know what that means. I mean, right, right. Yeah. It's uh, whether it's like 
financially greedy or just like emotionally or something it, else. It could be yeah. interpreted several different ways, but that's what I took it as. I wonder why they call this song 5150. That is one thing um, I have not been able to find. I looked that up, and I have not been able yeah. to find why they call this 5150. Because it's never mentioned in the song. But it's got to be something behind it. That would be something... Uh, you know what? I'm going to take to Twitter tonight and see if I can get Hagar to answer. I'm sure he will. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever... ever ever asked that. What? Okay, I'm looking up stuff right now as we... No, it's not telling you anything. But yeah, yeah that's a good question. As I understand, yeah, I, I understand that was a code for like an involuntary hold because someone was maybe a danger to themselves or something like that. Insane or uh, mentally unstable right. person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which to me, I mean, we haven't talked about it, not that it really matters because what matters is the sound. But I think it's a cool album title. Uh, I, I think it's a cool album cover. Yeah, fifty-one fifty. That that's a cool hook for something. It doesn't really fit the song, I don't think. No. But um, yeah, but it's but uh, you know, I, I I wish I understood that a smidge better. I guess the um, the guitar solo on this song is really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it really fits in. It's it's faster than the song is otherwise, but not in a bad way. It's uh, it melds in a in a really cool way. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it would. I, I don't think I'd have it obviously as high as you do, but uh, I, I don't mind fifty-one fifty. Yeah, I, I really like, it. and then the older I get, I think I, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Um, but let's go to the last and inside. Oh. I don't really, you know. I guess it's just kind of like the the end. Like they're they're they've worked. This is like the last session or something like that, because there's a lot of talking in it. Uh, just like we yeah. talked about earlier with Dave Lee Roth used to do a lot of talking on his album. There's a lot of talking on this one. You know, you hear him, you hear a different one. I guess all four of them talking. There's, there's some, uh, some, sometimes that they, they sing some stuff, but uh, not, you know, I guess it's okay to be the, the end for it. It's got just like saying, okay, this is it. We're we're through. Uh, that's what's going on on the inside. But you know, I gave it like a three, three out of a five. It's okay, but I, I did. It's not something I have to listen to. Yeah, it's um for me. This is a tougher call because inside musically is almost difficult to listen to. Yeah, because like what you were talking about, all the 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 effect of them just talking into the microphone, seemingly gibberish a lot of the time, and putting that in the background, um, it's kind of it, it, it is not pleasant to listen to. I think from a musical standpoint, no. But lyrically, lyrically, this is a really interesting song. Um, I actually took several notes about the lyrics here. Because I think this song is biographical. Um, but Sammy starts out talking about how it's not what you are, it's how you dress. He learned that from the guys. Yeah. And I don't know if he meant from Van Halen, if that's if those are the guys, you know, he's talking about there in terms of that image. Um, then he says, and I think I got this in quotes, got the job not just being myself, 
I went out and bought some bought some brand new shoes. Now I walk like someone else. Now, pretty seems obvious who he's probably talking yeah, about at that point. Yeah. And then even maybe more telling later, he says, "I guess less is more. Something special, something new, some brand new group to sink my teeth into." So, so you pretty much it's tell him weird. Her, yeah, yeah. It's like is he throwing? It seems like he's throwing a little shade at David Lee Roth. He's throwing a little shade at the band. He's throwing a little shade at himself. You know, talking about well, you know, I went and got some shoes to fill to fill to fill the shoes of someone else. Um, so I guess ultimately, even though I don't like the way this song sounds, I like it just because it makes me think. It's it's really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, this is the type of thing where it's a maybe a little risky or chancy, and I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you know, there was a big, you know, there was a big feud between, of course, between uh, between the Van Halen camp and the David Lee Roth camp. Of course, David Lee Roth comes back later on uh, with his own, like we talked about earlier, Eat Him and Smile with, of course, Greg Bissonette on drums, Steve Vai on yeah. guitar and uh, Billy Sheehan who is one of the greatest bass players out there uh, I remember you know, MTV did a when before 5150 came out MTV did like a Van Halen Unleashed and and it was just a documentary on, on the band then with, with Hagar then it wasn't long after that they did a David Lee Roth episode about Edom and Smiles getting ready to, to come out uh, and there were some shots taken back and forth, of course, and it's always been like that since since they split from me. Even when, I don't know if you remember when the whole first reunion was supposed to start, and, and I guess David Lee Roth ticked them off at the at the MTV Awards, and yeah. there was a lot of crap talk then. But, uh, you know, if they're taking shots at, at, at David Lee Roth, and like you said, it sounds like he's taking shots at himself and the band too, but looking at the lyrics here and 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 see and they've even I don't know if you've looked at some of these it, it's got this stuff that they're uh, they're the dialogue they've actually got the lyrics to the dialogue and it's just I'm not sure if they, if this was just uh, them had a few had a few too many while they're doing this and right you know some hey sammy i found a hat and a pair of shoes are they yours and then it was one hey somebody get me a cheeseburger alimony 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 i mean yeah i got to go back and now i've got to go back and listen to it because i'm here i'm seeing what the dialogue they're talking about is so it's okay and i mean like you said musically it's kind of hard to listen to but just because you did some of the lyrics in here, it makes you makes you really want to. And I'll have to listen to it again tonight, just because of that. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely interesting. But it, you know, all in all, you know, it's a it's a good Van Halen album, or good people say a good Van Hagar album. Um, but I think they did pretty good. I think it was a a good segue from Ross into Hagar. And it was definitely a, cha- a a big change in the band. It was not the the party van had. I think it was a more I won't say more. It was more serious than a Roth Roth 
Van had the band was as far as the lyrics go with some of the stuff uh, it wasn't just all party party songs all the time like and I mean I won't say that I'm not saying that in a bad way with Rob because definitely uh, Van Halen that's what got Van Halen to be one of the top bands in the world back then 1984 what can you say but 5150 was definitely not a disappointment to me when it came out uh, but you know it, was, it just makes you wonder, though, if they could, would they have wrote this kind of stuff? And I don't think they would, because I think Sammy wrote a lot of this stuff. Would they have wrote this kind of stuff yeah. if Roth had been there? I, 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 I don't. I don't see how it's possible. I, mean, I don't see Roth doing any of these songs. I really don't. Maybe something like. Hmm, I'm looking. I'm looking. No, I don't see anything up here that he probably would have would have would have done. But just uh Yeah, he just comes from a different place. Yeah, and and we'll have to talk a little bit later in later episodes if we do some I'm sure we'll do some more about uh nineteen eighty four and, and some of the uh, the Roth, just to be fair. And like I said, I don't take sides between Hagar and Roth. I just like the good Van Halen music. I, I like just as many Raw songs as I do Hagar songs, but uh, a lot well, of well, I do take sides. You do, yeah, yeah, you do take. Sides. I do, I do take sides on this one, but all, but um, at the same time, I, you know, and look, I don't know any of these people personally. I'd be happy right. to have them on my show, or <laughs> yeah. they'd like to, you know, go to dinner or something. Um, but you know, whatever, whatever minorly mean things I've said about Michael Anthony um, oh, at least among the original Van Halen he's the only one that people say hey that's a good guy you, yeah. know? you know what yeah, yeah, he's friendly in this. yeah I mean like he not, just that, not that anybody's a bad guy maybe but David Lee Roth and both Van Halens have a reputation of being difficult to work with yeah. difficult to get along with yeah um, so it's, it, I don't think there should be any huge, I mean, they didn't grow up friends in, in high school together or whatever. I don't think it should be a shock that the original Van Halen couldn't stay together. And while I prefer David, um, Sammy, I mean, I think that's maybe sometimes Sammy has a little bit of problem bragging on himself and maybe Sammy does. Sammy, Sammy does but, have a little bit of an ego. Yeah, but he seems like a decent guy. He seems like a fun guy. But you know, uh, even if he's he, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, even if he's singing all these ballads. No, even if he's singing all these ballads, um, <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not. I mean, he also you know made his fortune selling tequila, right? I mean, yeah, boss tequila. He, yeah, he's a he's a guy who um, has, has has really made his his fortune uh, all in uh, by partying, essentially. You yeah. know, by, by by distilling tequila. Um, so, Does I don't know what the point of all that is, but just to, you know, I, I prefer David Lee Raw. Yeah. But I can understand why they could keep it together. But, you know, you talk about Michael Anthony, he seems like such a good guy. Through all of this crap that's happened, this, this childish, I mean, one of, the, one of the most childish moves I've ever seen was them taking his picture off of the, you know, when they on the VanHalen.com website, taking his picture off. If you clicked on the album, they had his picture off of any of the covers for a short yeah. period of time. 
one of the most childish moves I've ever seen. But you know, Michael Anthony has never really come out and bashed him no. throughout this whole thing. I mean, and has every reason to. But you know, I think he's, I think he's up. Yeah, it would hurt. I think it hurt his feelings, but. I think he, he realized, you know, he's pretty grateful for, for the success he had when he was in Van Halen, and he's gone on, but you think we've seen the last of Van Halen? I know this is one of the topics, you know, that you talked about on your last show. Do you think we've seen the last of Van Halen as far as, as touring or recording? I think we've certainly seen the end of him as a recording act, which, right. yeah, which is kind of, my my last episode was about the 2012 releases of A Different Kind of Truth yeah. by Van Halen and Music from Another Dimension by Aerosmith. And now it seems likely to me that both will be the, the final studio albums, or those will be the final studio albums by both bands. Um, you know, I, David Lee Roth has certainly made enough statements that make it sound like Something medically is going on with Eddie Van Halen. Right. Um, of course, we know about the cancer and everything else. Um, you know, they made an album eight years ago. They don't seem to... I mean, they're not in any rush to make a new one. Yeah. Dave's out doing his own thing. Dave basically has indicated, you know, Van Halen legacy is, is in me now. Um, it sounds like they're still not speaking to Sammy. Everybody's in their late 60s or 70s with histories of alcohol and drugs and everything else. I, it seems hard for me to believe. I know there'd be a ton of money in it, but Sammy clearly doesn't need the money. Um, I don't think anybody else, none of them need the money. Yeah, um, I, I don't think so. So I, I, I have my doubts, especially in this COVID world where maybe I mean, some of these seniors, some of these guys we love and talk about, you know, they're senior citizens at this point. Sammy um, Hagar, does he look like a 70-year-old guy? Oh, he's the, he literally, I mean, he looks better than me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm in, I'm in <laughs> my we, 40s Sammy, Maybe we need to do this Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sammy looks great, um, but... I mean, I was I was supposed to go see Sammy Hager and uh, White Snake just a couple of days ago. Right. What's that that tour with them and Night Ra- was Night Ranger on there too? I, yeah, I think Night Ranger was yeah. the, the the curtain jerker. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, they were going to be in Charlotte um, two days ago on Sunday, but it's just it's hard for me to believe they'll come back. I know they'll make a, they'll make a fortune if they do, but. Um, it, it seems like that's not what drives any of these people at this point. Yeah, I, I'm like you. Uh, uh, something seems to be really going on with Eddie Van Halen. I mean, of course, cancer is enough as far as what's going sure. on, but uh, I don't know what kind of diagnosis he's got, but it sounds like, you know, from just not seeing him in public much, you know, of course, there was... I think he was at a hockey game last year, and somebody asked him to take a picture with him and another guy from another group. They didn't realize who he was. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, unless something changes, I know 
Wolfgang's getting ready to come out with his first solo album, which they say, it, you know, if, if I'm gonna, I, I really am interested to sit here how that goes. I hope it goes good because it sounds like the guy's worked his butt off on it. Uh, but he's, he said, you know, just like an article I read the other day, he is definitely prepared for a wave of, uh, a wave of people just bashing, bashing it or something like that. And, you know, the guy, sure. the, the guy is, is, he got put in a, a hard place. You know what I mean? Because, you know, replacing Michael Anthony, who has been with that band for so long, and being the, the son of Eddie Van Halen, you know, you're going to yeah. get these comments that, okay, the only reason you're up there is because your dad is Eddie Van Halen, and he's, you know, he pretty much kicked Michael Anthony out of the band and put you in his spot. You didn't earn that spot. You got put in that spot. But I will say this about it, and I was kind of skeptical at first myself, but a kid can play. I don't know how he is singing or as far as, you know, his, his harmonies aren't bad. I'm I'm be really interested to hear hear this album. I'm looking forward to hearing what it, what this album's going to be like. Yeah, he just put out little snippets over the past. I mean, it's it's been stewing for a long time, but he right. put little snippets out occasionally. I've always thought they sounded interesting. Um, yeah, Michael Anthony clearly. I mean, he's he won the genetic lottery. I mean, you know, Valerie Bertinelli's his mom, and yeah, Eddie's his dad, and. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't earn the spot. He, 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 his dad is the boss, you know. Yeah. Um, and if his dad's not the boss, his uncle's the other boss. Exactly. Well, you know, some people think that Alec, Alec Van Halen is actually the one who calls most of the shots in it. Um, it's kind of behind the scenes, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, I sort of have a soft spot for Wolfgang, too, and I, I hope it works out for him. Yeah, I mean... I think he's trying his best to to break that aura of him of being the boss's son, or what, like you said, the boss's son. I'm the boss's son. That's yeah. the only reason for him to go out on his own and try to do something like this. I think that that gave you know I got a lot more respect for him, you know, because he's not he's not trying to live off the whole Van Halen thing. He's trying to go out on his own. And do do it on his own. I, you know, I got a lot of respect for that, and uh, hope he he can do well with uh, with his solo album. As far as Michael Anthony goes, uh, what band? <laughs> I don't know how many bands he's in now. I know he's in Chicken Foot, uh, The Circle, and all of these were with Sammy Hagar. It seems to be a real bomb with with him and Hagar. Where and Hagar came out and said that he would be back with Van Halen uh, in the future. It's not over. I don't know what he's... Maybe he drank too much of that tequila that night or something right. like that, but I, I really do not see that happen. I can't see... There's a lot of bad blood there. I know Money... See Kiss, for example, but I know Money makes you forget about a lot of those bad feelings with each other, but you know, like you said, at this day and time... These guys are getting older with the whole corona thing going around. You're not going to have much of a chance to get back together uh, unless you do it virtually. Well, and Well, in the 90s, Kiss was maybe doing poor enough financially. They're willing to yeah. let, bygones be, uh, let bygones be bygones. In 2020, they got enough money. They yeah. don't need... 
it's not worth dealing with Ace and Peter and, and you know, and Gene and Paul's eyes. And I kind of feel like in Van Halen, everybody's like that. Yeah. Nobody broke. Everybody's doing well. Well, you know, it's, so but there's like, a little less incentive. But like I said, Sammy is, is the one that keeps saying, I, we're going to be back together. And, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, you've got, you've got money. It's not about the money, I don't, and but you know, with all the bad blood, and I don't know if you've ever read his, uh, read his biography. There's a lot of really, really bad blood between him and and the Van Halen brothers. Uh, and I know if you're together with somebody for for as long as they were, which they were, I think they were actually together just as long as as maybe maybe not quite as long, but a little almost as long as they were with Roth. But if you're with somebody for that long, you're gonna it's like brothers. When you live together in the same room for a long you're gonna have fights, you're gonna have disagreements and stuff like that, but man, I just do not see with all that bad blood that I read in that biography this happening again. And it would have to be, in my opinion, it would have to be all about the money. And what you like you said, yeah. they don't need it. So Yeah. why would it happen? It would definitely with with all these reunions going on and and it kind of feels like a I don't I don't think it's a resurgence of that kind of music because I think it's just a I have a nephew that has turned in and he's not he's 18 years old and a diehard Motley Crue fan now wants to go to the stadium tour when it comes out but bought him an album bought him the Shout the Devil album for his graduation present so uh, and he was tickled to death with that but. It's like a resurgence in, in retro stuff like from that time. Will that lead to new music from, from some of these guys? Maybe. I hope so. I'd like to hear some more music from some of these guys, but I'm not looking for it. I'm not looking for it. Yeah. Uh, but, look, that's going to do it for tonight on the fly. We talked 5150 for like an hour now. Uh, as always, the host of Well Disguised and... Uh, Several time guests on on the fly, Mr. John Pritchard was not. Thank you so much, John. We have to do this again sometime. You got to come up with some more yeah. items to talk about. I enjoy talking about this stuff with you. Uh, like I said, we could talk talk music all night, and we're not talking chamber music, Lynn. So, uh, but yeah, it's only rock and roll. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely do it again. Thanks for having me. It's always uh, it's always fun to to get on the air and. Uh, chat with you about this sort of thing and I look forward to doing it next time oh yeah definitely looking forward to the next episode of of your podcast of Weld Scott so you're saying you're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on the next episode yeah Uh, well I got I got got one guy who I think kind of got screwed and I want to talk about it. Definitely. If you can just come up with one guy, you, you, you must be somebody you really have in mind. Because there's a lot of them that have been screwed over the years, I think. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has really turned, is really nothing more than a joke. And I think a lot of those, the rock and roll artists will say the same thing about it, it's turned into a, such a joke. But uh, looking forward to hear that. I'll definitely share the episode on, on the Facebook page and uh We'll do this again sometime. All right, buddy. All right, you have a great night, guys. That's John Pritchard on the fly.